Welcome to Sincerely Two Imperfect Therapists, a podcast where we discuss boundaries, money stories, healing within relationships, the therapeutic process, social justice from both the therapist and the client perspective, and the nuances of the human condition. While we may not have all the answers, we use our expertise and personal experiences to guide our discussions that we hope spark curiosity and reflection within yourself. Please note, this is a podcast that's not intended for supervision, therapy, or guidance for your individual needs. Rather, we intend to raise awareness on important topics. We do our best to provide content warnings, though if any topics are upsetting to you, please seek local emergency support. Hi, everyone. If you could take a few moments, as always, to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already, we would greatly appreciate it. And of course, if you follow or subscribe to the show, that gives you the latest notifications about when new episodes are out. On with the show. Hello, Carson. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you choose and why? Oh, I think I want to try Hawaii out. Yeah. I hear great things, just like the fresh fruit on the side of the oh. road, beaches, you know, it's just like a very, it's a, definitely a more low-key vibe every day, and I yeah. love that for my cortisol levels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that would be amazing. I feel like there's such like great hiking spots too, I've heard in like Hawaii, that they're like with all the volcanoes and stuff, it's just great. Yeah, it's definitely, there's like a very big like home vibe. Yeah. And yeah, the outdoors, like nothing beats the outdoors yeah. in this world. Yeah. I hear the culture there is like super beautiful too. Yeah. So that's amazing. Where are you living? Oh my gosh. Probably uh, anywhere in the world. I would love to live in like somewhere in Italy or Ireland. And partially I say those two because those are some of the only countries that I've been to. <laughs> so Fair. Fair I know how to reference them and like what they what I would do there, I guess. But I feel like Italy would be a number one spot. Like I just pizza and gelato and wine all day. And it's clean. Like it's their food is so clean. Yeah. It's like there's yeah. no bloating. There's that no was craziness. Something that surprised me when we went to um, I went to London at the beginning of this year and they are so vegan friendly. So vegan friendly. And the thing that I heard about Italy, I was talking to somebody recently who um, has a gluten intolerance. And surprisingly, Italy is very gluten-friendly, yep. like gluten-intolerant friendly. Like they have a lot of gluten-free options. And I was like, in the land of pasta? That's insane. Very interesting. But like very cool that they, I don't know that these like other countries are a little bit more accepting of different diet I agree. Norms. Not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not in the land of McDonald's. <laughs> no. McGriddles. <laughs> I day. love McDonald's. <laughs> um, so today we wanted to talk a little bit about couples counseling and so for just me, I don't advertise myself as being a couples therapist or a family therapist necessarily um, specifically, but I have dabbled in couples counseling, especially when it comes to like the individual work that I'm doing with someone. So that's like the context that I know of it in um, and then like referring people out for couples counseling. But I'm curious, like where just when we start, like where you're coming from. I love how you said, like, I don't advertise myself as that because I do not either. Yeah. Um, I'm an individual trauma therapist through and through. Yeah. But, like, if one of my colleagues are like, I have a client, her and her man, her and her, you know, girlfriend, they need therapy, will you do the couples? I will agree to that. If yeah. I have a client coming in and I'm realizing their individual therapy is not going to go anywhere until I get this 
other part of the relationship in, I will then do couples therapy and like do it that way and then refer out for individual. Yeah. Um, that's really the only way I get couples. Yeah. I, I'm not like a, let me take it on. I do think no. LMFTs should get full rights to that. That's like yeah. literally what their that's whole their thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're literally marriage and family. Yeah. So like I will do it if asked or if needed. Yeah. But I will never be like, yeah, bring on the couples. Yeah. Yeah. That's complicated. I think that's why we need to talk about it today. I feel like I'm too biased. Like, even if a couple un- unknown to me walked into my office, I feel like I would have a very hard time not picking sides. Correct. And so I think some of the way out around that is that, like, when I'm doing individual work, if I have a couple. Like, if I decide to integrate couples therapy into this, like, you're an individual who's coming to see me, and we're trying to focus on your trauma, but your relationship is literally, like, causing so much dysfunction, and, like, we are spending all of our time focusing on, like, these basic communication skills, and, like, sometimes I wish I could just shake your partner or want to, like, talk to them, um, that that's where, like, then integrate couples counseling, and I feel like it leads into an easy way to just say like, look, this client is already my client. Your partner is already my client. So obviously I'm going to have a little bit of bias towards them. Like, let's just lay that out and get that out in the room. Like, I'm going to do my best to help the two of you as a couple, but let's acknowledge that like, I know this person very, very well. So like, I already have a little bit of a bias. Whereas like, trying to just be totally unbiased. I feel like not my cup of tea. (laughs) It's, well, I think it's hard because it's like, one person can always come in and be able to articulate things greater, you know, and it, it, being able to pull out that other person's emotions when their person is in the room, it's that's hard, you know? Yeah. I, I do feel like I play a lot of referee of like, well, one will always be talking, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one's sitting there quiet and it's like, well, I'm sure this is what it's like at home. Like I do play into that and it's yeah. like someone, you need to talk. The other person needs to come bring it up too. So it's it's definitely hard to not be like, okay, this obviously he is the controller of this relationship. He wears the pants, you know, right. like, let me just sit here and listen. It's like, no, we have to literally stop him in his tracks and let the other person talk. And right. it's like, it does make you nervous. They go home and you don't know what got brought up in that session. And you don't know right. if like, if they're truly safe, because if they don't feel safe, they're probably not going to say that in couples therapy. Right. So it does, it gets right. hairy. It's like, yeah, whose side do you take? Because really it's the relationship side that you should take and then if there's kids there's a whole nother like layer of that I think that's why it's so important to talk about this yeah yeah and like I'm glad that you phrased it that way of like the relationships side because I do notice that like even if I already have a pre-established relationship with one of one of those people um my tendency is to go very um like Yalom on them yes. just in the sense of like we are strictly going to be talking about what's happening in this room like yep. I'm not looking to argue about who does the dishes more who doesn't Correct. do the dishes like not trying to argue about who said what last weekend like we could go back and forth and still never agree on like whether you said this or you said that like it doesn't that doesn't matter in this moment what we're talking about is something deeper so like I always try to bring it back to that and like think about what's actually happening here like what is the dynamic that's going on like highlighting the interrupting or if somebody like turns away or shuts down or like let's talk about the fact that like your body language is not sending like openness or 
communication to this person. Like you're just shut off and closed off and cold. That's Um, actually the biggest thing I look for when I have a couples in the room is where are they sitting on the couch? Yeah. Is there pillows in between them? Are they holding hands? Are they not holding hands? Is one turning away? Is one, Are they turned towards each other? What yeah. Are they talking to each other? Or are they talking to me? It's like, it's there's so many. That's why I like it sometimes because yeah. it's like very entertaining. There's always something to so much. analyze and like look at <laughs> and think about. Yeah. Um, Do you redirect that? Do you, like if they're talking to each other versus talking to you? Normally, yeah, depending on what the conversation is. It's sure. like, even when I have individuals in, right, like, they could be talking at me about a situation. I was like, and I'll say, don't tell me the situation as if I'm a friend that you're telling it to, right? Like, I want you to say it out loud as if you're talking to that person that it happened to or like, oh, sure, yeah. Like, don't talk to me as your therapist for a second. Like, let's rewind the situation in a different way. Yeah. Um, and with, I'm, I'm a little bit unconventional when it comes to couples, which I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not surprised about because I will totally, if they don't have like a camera in their house, I tell them get a, get a room, like a living room camera. Really? Yes. Because it is the best thing to be able to, if an argument happens in our room, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to redirect them and we're going to work through how we can go back to what did you hear them say versus what did they actually say, right? At home. Have you ever seen the commercials like throwing the challenge flags? Like in football and they'll be like, I told you to pack the lunch. And they'll be like, oh, you didn't pack the lunch. And they're like, oh, challenge flag. And they throw it like it's a football game. And it's like Geico replay or something like that. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. So they do the replay and like, oh, yeah, your wife told you to pack the lunch. Like, So I basically have them do that. rewind the tape. Yes. No, literally. Like it's not to use it as like, oh, you did this, you did that. It's okay. We're going back and forth. We can't decide, Right rewind it back let's rehear how you guys spoke to each other first of all right like was that tone appropriate you know maybe you didn't mean that tone and that's your your partner's telling you hey you said this in this tone it wasn't what you were saying but like how you're speaking to me doesn't feel right you didn't mean it in that tone let's go back were you triggered in that moment let's see what your body language looks like like maybe you are coming off differently let's not get defensive about it let's learn from this video right some people think that's weird but I no. I feel like that's I I feel like there's a similar it's like a similar essence to even just like hitting the record button on like a voice memo or like recording a video on your phone just to like have that accountability not only does that in some way bring us back to the present moment of like because it almost feels like a third party Mm -hmm. of like and you forget it's there sure 100 percent forget it's there sure and if it's like a video camera in your living room obviously like that would be like it's part of your daily life right if we hit record on like oh hold on pause i'm gonna hit record on this voice memo like we agreed to this it does kind of bring in this like third person element of like where we're almost checking ourselves a little Mm -hmm. bit of like am i just saying shit off the wall just to say shit off the wall or am i going to come back into like my body and be present and like think about how this actually sounds to like another person like yep. if somebody else was here or if like my therapist was here or if somebody else like outside of this was here how would they be observing this conversation and I think that that can create so much accountability and conversation I think you're absolutely right like I talk about that a lot of times with like my teens and parents when I do like family therapy um where it's you know you're parents gave you feedback or were offering constructive criticism and it felt like they were yelling at you. Voices were not raised. They're yeah. not being raised right now. Like 
that that's something that I can highlight often in session is like you're saying that you're feeling like they're like attacking you, but they're just talking. I and listen, I tell my clients to do this because me and my husband do it. We sure. have we have a dog camera, but we basically will say run the replay. <laughs> if like, you can't agree on something, you're correct. like, all right, run the tape. <laughs> run it. Let's see it. And Nick and I will go back. And one time we went back and he goes, wow, I was gaslighting the crap out of you. I'm like, yeah, why do you think I got so angry? Like, right. not just getting angry at you for no reason, right? Or like, we'll rewind it back and like, he'll be like, oh, like I thought you were attacking me, but I, I guess I I heard one thing and it wasn't actually like that. And it's like, it's nice because then we don't have to fight. We don't have to be right. angry the rest of the night. It's like reality TV. I think I learned it from all the reality TV sure. I watch. Is like, you know people forget cameras are rolling. Sure. The true colors will come out. And like normally when they do the reunions, people will be like, I hated what I was like. Right. Or you get to the reunion and they're like, no, I never said that. I blah, 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 Run it. And then the producers like run the flashback of yep. like them saying the thing that they said they didn't say. Um, and, and it's yeah, not it's, meant to hurt you. It's sure. not meant to call you out. It's meant to like, if you want to get better, you should want to be called out is sure. basically how I also present to my Well, it's like, and couples. sometimes I do, I do wish I could go back and be like, well, gosh, did I... Did I really say that? Yep. Like, I don't know. I was kind of in a blind rage or I was kind of in a like really dissociated place. So I wasn't connected to what I was saying or doing or thinking. And so maybe I did say something like that and I don't yep. want to hurt my partner in that way. Like, I think that's a great, it might be a little unconventional, but I think that that's a great tool to like try to bring People in. love it well, too. Well, think about even like for therapists out there, like we go to grad school and like depending on the program that you're in or the internship that you have or whatever, sometimes you'll have to like record yourself yep. or... I know with like even EMDR um, certification, there are certain consultants that will require like video or audio recordings of sessions. Because it works. Um, cause, because it works. Yeah. Because like, let's go back and actually see what went wrong versus trying to like play this telephone of like yep. trying to rely on our memories, which are not always accurate. Right. And individual therapy. I don't know about you, but yeah. I love journaling. I always, and always, always, always like push the journaling aspect to my clients because like you throughout the week, the way you were feeling in that exact same moment is not how most likely it's going to show up in our session. Yeah. You're obviously going to have had to have processed it by then, this and that. It's not going to be as new. If I can get those raw emotions in that moment, it's much easier to be able to be like, okay, but why did you have that raw emotion? Like, what right. is that triggering from? Like, why did because on video you can see someone disassociate quite right. literally like you can watch if the couple's fighting and you could see at what point in that conversation that client just sh shut off right so it's i think the tool is just we're in the age of technology why not use it yeah why even like mess around with that yeah. and then normally if one of the people in the couple is very against it it's normally because there's something deeper going on Sure. Is there abuse going on that they don't want to know about? Are they doing something sketchy while the partner's not home? Like, yeah. lies start to come out that way real yeah. easy. Yeah, that it they can become a – it can feel um, like a threat to them in Correct. some way. When it's like, really, why like, is it a threat? Let's talk about that then. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Really get into it. Now, see, I feel like it would be a different story with my husband because he's very, like, anti-technology. And so it was a fight to even get our dog cam. But yeah. It doesn't – like, I can log on and, like, look to see what's happening actively, but I can't see past events because we don't have, like, a, like anything to start to record it because he doesn't want it 
We put an SD card in and it holds up to, I want to say, three days and then it sure. deletes. So it is, we use it for like instant replay, yeah. right? Like yeah. nothing crazy. Yeah. And I want to I want to clarify because I said that after we had just talked about my, my husband is not like opposed to any of that. It's just more so like he doesn't want hackers to come in and like yeah. look at I mean, that's people. a real thing. No, yeah. it is a real thing. So he like gets very, like even like the ring cameras outside and stuff, he gets like a little apprehensive. Like, well, cause I don't really. I've seen that yeah. happen. That's yeah. like. It happens. We have somebody like talking to you through your Alexa. Like we don't have any like yeah. Alexa or Echo Dot. See, we have a VPN, so it constantly bounces our Wi-Fi somewhere. Oh. So no one can do that. We have that on purpose. Why does he not know that? He's a software engineer. That's like a thing. It's so like they can't like get in. Mm. Ask him about that. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> it costs money. Like, I know that. Wait a minute. Carson told me. I want to say I spend like seventy five bucks okay. a year for that. That's good to know. It's like sometimes I'm in Boston, <laughs> sometimes I'm in California. It's kind of weird. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's smart. I, that was so, my husband. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Ask, I don't know much. I'll ask, ask him. Nick. Um, By the way, we're both married to Nick. Yes. So we yeah, are not married to the same both, Nick. Both Different and, Nicks. Yeah, both Nick P's. <laughs> um, so before we hopped on, you had asked me what um, your what my perspective of was as far as like whether – the dynamic of working with couples should be ideally like you, you as the couples therapist see each person individually and have individual sessions and like pull them aside every now and then and do the couples work on top of that or whether they should have like individual therapists or if that's even necessary for them to like have individual therapists outside. So since you proposed that question to me, I'm curious to hear where you're coming from and then I'll share my thoughts. So I think there's, let's kind of cut that, that down yeah, yeah, like yeah. an onion, you know, yes. like, okay. At the core of this onion, we got the couple in general, yes. right? Like, I always like to get the couple in first. Yes. Then, after one session, one or two sessions with the couple, I will really, it's, I would say case to case basis, but most likely I get one in first, even if it's a half hour of that hour, and then you're going out, switch. But there's always a disclaimer of anything said in this. Is if it's something that is really necessary, I can bring this into the couples. It's fair game. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is still part of the couples. I just want you to be able to talk a little bit more freely right. about what you think needs to be worked on without your partner interjecting yeah. right in this moment, right? I think that that's such an important line. I mean, it comes down to like informed consent, right? Yeah. Like it's such an important line to draw with clients if you're going to do that because I think that there can be so much misconception and I've heard about that happening where people will disclose things individually to their like couples I'm, therapist. Like I'm cheating on my husband and right. I'm like, and I'm not like, sitting here knowing why that. did you, why, why did you share that with my wife? Like I told you that in confidence. It's like, well, but you're coming to me for couples counseling. Correct. So, and obviously I think there are delicate ways to go about that. Like it doesn't have to be like a tattletale kind of thing, but it can be like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. But I want you to know that like now we need to talk about how we're going to tell your wife. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I think I always say that and I'm like, this is used just to have a little bit more freedom in your speaking. Yeah. Um, and then so I'll bring one, I'll bring the other, and then we'll go back to the couples, right? I wouldn't say at the same exact time do I require each of them to have individual therapists, but I do somewhat require like some type of self-help as we're going through this individually. You can have a therapist or I would really appreciate if – like. I like if they've had it in the past, yeah. like some type of just pre-processing work because the couple's work we're going to do is not going to be the same as you're getting individually, right? right. So if you're in here and I can't 
just, you know, you and Nick are in here. It's like, right. if you have processing that needs to get done, how am I fixing the couples if that needs to be fixed before we could fix the couples? It's like right. chicken or the egg. It's that issue of like, what came first, your issues or the couple's issues? Right. And normally the couple's issues is because of each person's issues. Exactly. So that's why it's like, it would be nice it would be ideal if everybody has had individual therapy before, you know, but if the only way your husband's going to come in therapy is if you're sitting right next to him, then this might end up being way more of his therapy than yours. Sure. It's like that conversation also has to come about. Like, yeah. Or if he's not open to that, the couple's therapy might fall flat because he's just sitting here to sit here. Like he's yeah. showing up to show up or they're showing up to show up. Um rather than like actually being engaged with it because I've seen that before too where it's like well I'm just here because they want me to be here so I to call out my own relationship I'm obviously a therapist (laughs) I told my husband we are not getting married until we do couples therapy a few times like I need to know that you're willing to work on yourself right we get into couples therapy he has never been to therapy day before that I was like whoa he got his own individual therapist. We got our couples therapist. His individual was a male. Our couples was a female. And I feel like that did make a difference. It's like knowing knowing the per- like your clients when a couple's come in and like referring out, like know what they actually need, mm-hmm. you know, not what you, mm-hmm. they think they want, but what they need. And so we went in and like, I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I have my husband here that has never done individual therapy before <laughs> last, the week before. Right. And like, I'm like, and the therapist was like, all right, can we hear from Nick just for like <laughs> one second? And it's like, I realized in that moment in our relationship, I speak for him oh. so much, but he likes that because that's how his life was, right? Sure. Like he's the youngest people speak for him. And it, it is very eye-opening in that matter of like, in that moment, I felt a little attacked of my own issues, right? But if sure. I wasn't a therapist that knew, she's just trying to get it even, right? So you have to worry about that in couples if, is like if they haven't done their own work and know how therapy works, you doing something like that can feel defensive, right? Sure. They could be like, oh, shit, they're coming at me. So it's I think that is where the individual comes in that it's important is like you need to make sure both parties know how therapy works to sure. some extent. Well, and that, the, and that, ta- well, that talking about – the couple's issues because you're mentioning that chicken versus the yep. egg thing because there's so much that's contributing to the couple's relationship from them individually like our yep. own shit comes into the relationship inevitably we can't avoid that that when we highlight things in the couple's relationship there's going to be things that are individually triggered for them and if they haven't processed those yep. things or if they're still like really deep wounds there are like unacknowledged wounds that we're like trying really hard to hide that that can feel really disruptive because yeah. my couples therapist love to be like I something would get triggered on me and this and that and she's like we don't have time for that but you should bring that to your th- own therapist yeah and like as a therapist that is ideal to be able to do sure. because we can't go into complex about each other you right. know like right it's because this is about the couple this isn't about individual but in reality Right. The couple is affected by the individuals. And we can do like some of those small, like I'll do with people like some of those small segues, like, okay, let's take five, 10 minutes to talk about like, where's this reaction coming from? Like, where Correct. do you, where do you think that this is coming from? And well, my dad was always angry or my, you know, this person always yelled at me or I got cheated on in the past. And so this is where I get, you know, upset that that kind of brief history can be helpful. And I think yep. that that's what that does is at least in those moments, oftentimes it's like highlight to the couple how those conversations can look at home like we can take a time out and say wait a minute 
I'm having a really strong reaction here because you're reminding me of my dad or you're reminding me of like this past experience that I've had. And I'm not saying you not, are my dad. Exactly. But and I'm not I'm putting that on having you. having feelings that are like Correct. coming up and I don't know what to do with them. And so I need to take a break or yeah. I need to take a step back. And I think that highlighting them and helping them like work through that can be helpful. Um, but I'm glad that your couples therapist was able to like highlight that for you and like talk about that in-person dynamic. I think that that's so much of the bulk of couples work is like yep. what's happening now in this room. What is this triggering individually Literally. to create yeah. this couples issue yeah and I think at some point right like if you keep going right and the say whoever it is in the relationship but like that one trigger keeps coming up yeah. and you see that you know they're not going to any other therapist but it keeps coming up at that point I would say two to three times like three strikes are out you know I'm gonna <laughs> say I think it's time for an individual sure I'm still good with doing couples but I think you need to actually reach out to someone now because this seems to be a reoccurring issue and if you could fix that that might stop that issue in this relationship I'm not saying you're the problem but if you fix your side of this this might be able to be handled I think it's a very delicate system with couples it takes two to tango because you no one wants to be the blame for why a relationship isn't working right when sometimes there is that's something I want to ask you what what happens because you said the bias what happens when you go oh no, that issue is purely just that person. (laughs) What do you do then? Mm. That's so challenging because I think it really depends. I think at that that point, I like to ask couples, particularly like when they're coming about these like specific issues again and again and again. And you clearly have one person who's like just – not doing their half of mm-hmm. the work. Um, and so like all fingers are pointing to this person who's like doing all of the work and like kind of a lot of times like the people who come to my office are often like people who are overcompensating or overfunctioning yep. um, for the people in their lives. And so I like have so much empathy for them. And I'll often, it, this is a, a little bit um, not super related, but I'll try to redirect that to like, why are we here? Like, why are we showing up? And how motivated are you to actually show up and repair this relationship? Like, yeah. and I'll use the like couch to door um, scale. I don't know if you've ever used that before, no. but like if being on the couch is you're all in 100% dedicated to this relationship, ready to do anything and everything to repair it. And like being beyond the door, out the door is essentially that you're gone. You're done. You're not like, there's no point in being here. You've yeah. given up. Where would you put yourself? And like just to see where people fall and it's interesting to hear people's reactions because sometimes you'll get that person who's like put in all this work, they're overcompensating. They're like, I'm here, I'm on the couch. And then you'll have the other partner who's like, well, I'm kind of like near the door, but I'm not like, my hand's not on the knob, like I'm not out the door, the door's not open, I'm just like kind of standing near it. And that gives me perspective as far as like, okay, so then what actually feels realistic for you to accomplish here in couples therapy? And like... How do you think that makes the person who's on the couch feel knowing that you're close to the door? Yeah. Like that you're oh, on your way out. Oh, because they're feeling that too. Right. You're not keeping that a secret. Right, exactly. You could pretend that they don't know. Right. Your partner knows. Right. And ideally as a therapist, would we love every client, like every couple client that comes in, like to be both on that couch and like they're both fighting for their lives. But that's never the case. There yeah. is normally one person by the door. Yeah. Always. That yeah. is normally the issue. So – it's so challenging. So again, to like go back to your question, like it's just so hard because I do a lot of relationship work 
individually with people. Yeah. And so a lot of, I think early in my career when I was like in an internship, I remember telling people that my hope was to help people break up with their shitty partners. <laughs> um, and that's not to say that I don't believe that people should try to repair or fix their relationships. Um, but so often I see people who are in that dynamic where like the relationship is almost so far gone that there is kind of this too little too late for like repair. Yep. Um, and I think that that's a hard thing to address in session with a couple in front of you. I think it's yep. easier more so in like that individual work where it's like, let's boost up that self-esteem. Let's get that confidence going. Let's break out of those people pleasing habits behaviors um and empower you and then that's where I see people like really blossom into themselves to be like why the fuck am I with this person yeah why am I with a person who won't put an effort in this relationship and always makes me the problem yep. like why why am I and that's the work that I enjoy so it's really hard when like I don't know I and that's probably why I'm not cut out for it 100%, yeah because I just don't know what about you well there's like a huge kind of like thing we're ignoring too is those couples that come in and the cheating has happened oh yes we had an episode about that and it's like yeah there is different I don't care I will fight tooth and nail about this right here of course there is different levels of cheating there are different levels of cheating and everyone has a different idea of what is the worst that I think is the key right like I don't give a flying rat's ass about what you define as cheating in the relationship yep that could be because if you're it matters what your partner feels about what you did that and ultimately if there is a instance of trust that feels like it was broken yep both parties then have to decide is this is this a something that i'm willing to agree with do i do i also feel like I can live with this like okay for instance let's say um texting other girls is cheating yep okay can you acknowledge that you're not allowed in this relationship because it's hurtful to text other girls is that something that you're willing to meet and for the other person it's can you move forward and retrust again. Can you allow them the opportunity to do different if you mm-hmm. both choose to rela- remain in the relationship? And I think that both parties have the right to say, actually, I think that's kind of fucked up. Like, I should be allowed to text other people, like, of the opposite sex. Like, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And have different definitions. If you have different definitions, then maybe it's not the best relationship well, for you. And like, it, and that's it goes okay to walk back away. to – So, like, I, I like to always give this analogy, right? Like, I have – I have friends that believe if their husbands or boyfriends watch porn, it's cheating. Okay. I, like, know people that feel that way. Okay. Right? And then on the other hand, I have couples that it's like, oh, like, he emotionally had an affair. Right? Or, like, I don't care about that. Like, I can get over it. It's, oh, he slept with someone just one time. He went to the strip club. Like, yes. Like, there's so, like, (laughs) I believe, I, I use the word stepping out. Yeah. Okay. There's cheating, there's an affair, and then they're stepping out of your relationship. If your boyfriend goes and gets hammered one night at a bar, okay, and makes a really dumb mistake one night, 
Some people can get over that. Some people can't. I think that that's the key though. Right? right? Like, it's like you have to choose. We have to know what ourselves. What is, yeah, what right? is your threshold? And and Kent, and again, like Kent, and I think this is where, like where Aida and I had hit on when we talked about this previously is like, can you choose to move forward at that point? Yeah. Because there's going to have to be some trust again. And, and I know that that's hard to rebuild and I know that it's easier yep. said than done. But if... Like the deed is done, the, Correct. the mistake was made. Correct. So now at this point, if that person is you know solemnly swearing that they're never going to do it again, it was a dumb mistake. Can you put faith in that and let it go and move forward? And can the person that did it sit there while they use that time? Because there is exactly there has to and be a acknowledge timeline. that there's going to be a rebuilding of that. Correct. Trust, that it's not going to happen instantaneously. You can't get mad at them every time they ask you for validation over the next two months. Yes. At right. The sa- right. And at the same time, we can't, for the next indefinite future, yep. be forever distrustful and accusatory. And so as a clinician, right. I come in, right? And it's hard. It is hard to have that conversation of like, to the victim of the cheating and be like, it's time to get over it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we're a year into this yeah. and you're still bringing it up. Yeah. They've apologized. They've yep. done better. They've shown you the the proof, the receipts. They've and I get done it. No everything. hard feelings. Yes. If you can't get over it, that is okay. That's okay. But it's now your turn to get real with yourself and right. like I'm asking this question: Can we get over it? You know, like right. this and is it, it. It is now in your court. Right. And if that is absolutely unacceptable to you, like there's no moving forward. Like once you've done that, like that's it. We're done. Then. Be real. Be done. Let's do it. Then yeah. actually be done. Because I feel like there are so many couples that I come across that do feel that way, that are like, cheating is an absolute no, that's a total violation, betrayal, which, which it is. Yeah. And yet they but there stay is different in levels. relationship. There is still different levels. And I think as a human, you sure. have to decide what your cutoff level is. It is an individual thing. So how do you – it is an individual thing. I will say at, at the same time, and this is why it, like couples work is so interesting to me and, and part of maybe why I don't do it because I don't always have all the answers. But how do you fee- how do you talk to couples where – so, okay, let me back up. For me, when we're talking about these different levels, I think that it's important to highlight that – as humans, like when we look at just general like sexuality, there is a natural tendency to be attracted to other people. Correct. Right? To appreciate the beauty in other humans. It doesn't mean I'm going to like go jump somebody's bones on the street because, yeah. you know, Well, it's about whatever. temptation. But like, it's it's like I can appreciate Carson is a beautiful woman. Yeah. I can acknowledge that without wanting to have a relationship with you. Correct. Right? Like, so... Oftentimes I'll see couples that where like even that experience feels like quote unquote cheating in the sense of yes. like, did you just check that guy out? Did you just check that girl out? Did you just check them out? Do you like them? Do you like that actress? Do yeah. you want to have sex with that celebrity? And it's like, but there is some sort of insecurity <laughs> on that person's end that needs right. to be worked through. Right. So it's like, yes, that's different for everyone. But do you have that conversation with people either individually or like in couple sessions about like what's more so actually like normal versus like what's an unreasonable expectation well yeah I've had that I've had that conversation before I had a couple that one of the male would get mad if like I think the um the wife was watching I want to say it was Sons of Anarchy oh good show and she would just (laughs) constantly be like Jax is so hot and he would get like 
unreasonably mad about that. And okay. it's like, first of all, she's never sleeping with this man. He's, He's a character. A fictional character, <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, let's, I'll have to have that conversation of like, sure. why is that bothering you? Is there something else deeper? And I've had to be like, sure. that might not be reasonable that you're getting mad at her about that. Like That, that also is, goes back. Sorry, it also, no, that no, also no. goes back to like I, the question that also comes up for me that with that is like, what is it in him that's that's yes that's getting like kind of stirred up, um, that's causing that reaction, and at the same time, if she's doing it excessively, right? Like if it's like all day, like oh my yes. god, it's so hot, oh my god, that's like the best man and correct. In she the has world. posters but, on the yes, wall, she's yeah, like phone backgrounds, like it's uh, obsessive. I would be curious to know what it is that she's valuing yeah because i imagine that that also goes beyond just attraction like correct is that that he in the show has a really like sweet undertone to like towards women or yeah is like a really good caregiver or caretaker and like are you feeling like that's missing in the relationship yeah. and again that doesn't mean that there can't be repair there that just means like what are what are we actually needing and well, can you communicate that rather than Jax is so hot and hoping your husband picks up yeah. on the hints? <laughs> well, that, I'm going to get to that. There's there's another <laughs> conversation for that. Can you let him know, like, I really appreciate somebody who takes charge yeah. in, you know, these certain ways. It I, also I really... comes down to if, if there's, there's a very fine line between your husband or wife being controlling and you respecting them. Yeah. Right? Like, right. We're not saying you're never going to check out a woman, but can you not do it while I'm on a date with you? You don't have to be obnoxious about it. Like, do <laughs> right. it on your own time. Right. Sure. Like, there is, like, there is, like... Or there's a difference between, like, glancing, somebody catches your eye, you're like, whoa, versus, like, a full, like, head, like, following them and turning and just... Correct. Like, jaw open, drooling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That it... That there's a a difference in that. And, again, we don't have to be obnoxious about it if we are being kind of over the top or like really intense about it what are we actually needing like what message are we trying to send and like because I think that a lot of that I see that so much in couples where it's like that subliminal passive like hint dropping and it's like the hope of like well if they know me they'll pick up on this so that's what I want to get into (laughs) right now because this is my biggest piece of couples therapy that I do is if you didn't tell them exactly what you need you don't get to resent them yeah point blank I'm sorry that is how relationships work yeah if I am mad every single day that I come home and there is not flowers being brought home yet I have never said to my husband straight in the face I want flowers from you at least once a week right it is not fair right this man is not a mind reader. Your wife is not your caregiver like that. Right. You, if you need something done and it's not happening, but you have not said it straight up, you have no right to be mad. Yeah. Point yeah. blank. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that clarity is kindness and communicating those needs does us a favor. I think the biggest like argument back for that, and I don't agree with it, but what I hear and like what clients will say all the time is that I don't, it makes it less special if I have to ask it's not the truth. for it. It's not the truth. And I think that there's a difference between like giving a super direct, um, I think that there's a difference between giving like 
having to give super direct instructions. I want purple peonies on the table tomorrow night at six o'clock. Correct. And then they show up with purple peonies. Like, obviously, that's not going to be a, you, su- a surprise. Do you know what I say to but, when people say that? I go, you're not in a Disney movie. You're not. <laughs> right. But if if I say at some point, you know, I really enjoy being surprised with flowers. Like, that's something that's really special to me and, like, lets people know that they care about me. And I would really appreciate if, like, sometimes you came home with flowers. Yeah. And give your person some reasonable time because right. them going because out then and doing they it the are next trying day to surprise you exactly like you have to allow <laughs> right. it to happen if now six months go by sure and, and they there's don't still no it. inkling throw it down there again right and and then maybe that is a problem maybe that is where we do yeah. feel hurt and like resentful because like i said this and you didn't follow through yes and that hurts me because it feels like you don't value or listen to what i have to say but if two weeks go by or three weeks or a month goes by or just and it's like the next big holiday or big occasion that they decide to come home with flowers like give it some time to seep through and I think that that's it's actually something that happened to me this past um I think it was this past Valentine's Day we don't normally celebrate Valentine's Day um I think it's like very commercial and I we (laughs) laughed on the podcast like before I like don't really like it but um I think it was this past Valentine's Day that my husband had asked me um or I had said, like, is there anything that you wanted to do for Valentine's Day? And he's like, eh, I don't really care. And I was like, okay, I'm letting you know it's a week away. I would like to do something nice for Valentine's Day. Beautiful. Whether it's well at home, said. whether we go out, I would like to do something nice. And we waited and we waited and we ended up doing something nice. But, like, I had to come to terms with myself in that moment and say he just acknowledged to me that he doesn't care. Correct. So if it's up to him. He's not going to do anything because he, he doesn't, doesn't well, make Well, and a if difference. you wanted it up to him, the statement could have been, I want you to plan something. Right. That's I know exactly, you don't care, but I care yes. and I need you. I don't have time right now. I need you to plan this. Right. He probably would have done it. And he, Right. Well, and, and guess that was what? If a man doesn't happened. do it or <laughs> right. a woman doesn't do it after you say that specific of examples, right? then that's a whole nother conversation. Right. That's And that's exactly what happened is it was like... I was able to acknowledge that I wanted him to plan something special for us that like, but I had to come to terms with the fact that he said he already didn't care. Correct. And that like, I had to vocalize and just say, this isn't something that we normally do. This is like the first Valentine's Day in the time that we've known each other that I've kind of felt an inkling to like want to do something. Yep. And so how can I expect him to read my mind and to know that this year is somehow different? (laughs) Like, and let me tell you, yeah. sending your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend a TikTok does not count. No. If you want your stockings stuffed with gifts and you send a TikTok that says, husbands, remember, your wife's stocking is your responsibility. Yeah. That's still not telling him. Yeah. I'm sorry. So can we, can we sorry. talk about that? Because that's actually, that happened know, on TikTok. That, yes, I yes. saw it. So, and I sent it to my husband. <laughs> And I was just like, I was like, haha, this is hilarious. This is something like I would have to tell you straight up. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. So like, uh, so he actually came to me this morning. He goes, let's go to Walmart after work today. And I was like, oh, why? He's like, we're going to go get the stuff for the stockings. And I'm like, oh, okay. Are, so like t- 
did it work? Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't have been mad at him if he didn't do that because that's not actually an appropriate way of communicating. At no, all. I will. So I will say, and just to play a little devil's advocate, because so for some context for people who aren't on TikTok, there was a viral video that went out of a father who was kind of like laughing and said like, whose empty stocking is this? Like, what is this? And like his children were like, oh, that's just an extra. And when he panned over to his wife, his wife was like, no, that's my stocking. Yeah. And it was empty, presumably because he did not stock it. Because she stuffed both kids, the and, dogs, the cats. And his. And his. Right. And so then the empty one, like, whose is this? Well, he didn't take charge of that. So I think on one hand, like, there's a greater picture of, like, kind of the mental load that women and mothers carry. And, like, I think that that created, like, a bigger conversation that women are having on social media and on TikTok and especially today just about that, like mental load like women put in that forethought of like the magic of Christmas and like what that creates um whereas for fathers it can be much more passive like they are they just get to kind of like sit back just naturally because of the way that our society is set up that's like more of a systemic issue but I think it's important if you're going to have children so like obviously I'm expecting due in February And I said to my husband when this TikTok video came out, I said, in case it wasn't already clear, because we, he and I have witnessed experiences similar to that um, just personally. And so it's been a conversation previously, but I was like, in case it's not already clear and you haven't already put these pieces together, it's your job to stuff my stocking. Beautiful. When we have kids. Like when our son Do you is see here. How clear like, <laughs> and concise yeah. that is. Like and he was that like, is what we okay. have to teach our clients. Like yeah. don't be passive aggressive leaving post-it notes. Right. Like the, or wait until it ha- doesn't happen and then be mad about it. Correct. Right. Correct. It doesn't make it less special. It actually makes it more special when they listen to you. Right. Right. It's like, wow, you Oh, heard you remembered. Me. You remembered. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And remember Sometimes your partner has ADHD. Sometimes your partner <laughs> partner might need two or three times for you to remind them. Yeah. But I think that also goes, that's another thing in couples that um, I like to bring up is if your partner has to remind you to take out the trash, that's not taking any mental load off your partner. Right. Like having your partner have to be like, oh, don't forget to get the kids. Like mm-hmm. she shouldn't, he or she should not. And I don't want to make this about gender. Yeah. That's why I keep no, saying yeah. both. No one – like, that is your child as well. Mm-hmm. That is your garbage as well. Those are your mm-hmm. dishes, right? So, like, you're not actually helping your wife if you just say, oh, what do you need me to do? Right. Know what your husband or your wife needs. Know what your be, significant other – be conscious enough. And be uh, be uh, perceptive to your – surroundings and I think that that's again this is not to say that like you just like people should just be able to intuitively know that that whatever that this needs to be taken care of or that needs to be planned but there's a if I communicate to you I need you to be in charge of the trash the trash goes out on Thursdays be in charge of that yeah I shouldn't have to say it I don't want to like that's it take charge of that and so are you familiar with fair play no. By Evrotsky. So 
Fair Play by E. Rodsky is both a book and she also has a card deck and it's all about kind of the mental load and it's the way that it's written is gendered but Eve herself has acknowledged that like it can be applied to even like yeah. sex households um that generally there's kind of a partner who bears that mental load and a, a partner who Always. doesn't it doesn't really matter what the sex is um and so she presents it in a in a way of she ta- she calls it CPEs so consecutive conception planning and execution so like when you hold a card quote unquote like if you hold the dishes it is your job to know that there's dish soap it's your job to know that there's clean dishes in the dishwasher i love that it's your job to make sure that the plates are all dried before they put back in the cupboard like you have to both so like even cooking dinner right like a lot of times people will um like you'll have a partner who will cook all the dinners but they don't do anything else. And so then they'll say like, well, what are you talking about? I cook dinner every night. It's like, okay. But there's also who's, dishes. Who's the one choosing the recipes? Correct. Who's the one shopping for the recipes at the grocery store? Who's the one making sure that all of the people's in the family's favorite condiments are in stock and ready to go? Who's the one that's meal planning for the entire month, making sure that the brands that are we like or whatever, like that's the conception and planning piece if you only do the execution piece yeah like it's this is i think that comes that comes up a lot with my my couples that are in the moving in stage together sure it's like you are no longer the youngest in your family and the oldest in your family right you are now both functioning adults in this household and it's whatever your role was in your household and your family is no longer the role you talk about it like it seems stupid but it's like you have to sit down and discuss who is doing what literally it's the same concept right like my husband always does dishes always (laughs) I am not the dishes person I'm the laundry person same right but so it's actually I'm gonna this is this is actually really funny because we bought this thing called a skylight. Okay, this is not an ad. I am not sponsored by them. I love it though. <laughs> it is a digital photo frame, but it's also a calendar. Oh. And it has chores on it. And there's three categories we have put on. Both Carson and Nick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Under Carson, it is laundry, dog breakfast, and the medicines in the morning that my dog gets. His is dishes um dog dinner right those are like Mm -hmm. a bare minimum yeah for both it's vacuuming you know clean the lizard tank we have lizards (laughs) brush the dogs like and things are some things are every wednesday some things are every and it comes up every day oh and you could click okay if i have extra time and i see the dishes and i want to unload i'll unload right yeah that doesn't mean i expect him to do my laundry right my thing i'm doing that as a nice thing to take a load off the husband, yes. right? But what we learned is that's what works for us. It works to know I have breakfast for the dogs every morning no matter what. Right. If he's home and I'm doing something, he'll do it for me. Sure. But that is my load. That is right. what I do. His is dinner, right? So like bare right. minimum, we know who is in charge of what. So there's no like, but I did it last night. But I did it this day, right? right? But that works for us. But it's that, it sounds like there's that communication. I'm glad that you brought up this piece of like – doing a favor for someone or like helping them out and like 
it doesn't like this division of labor doesn't have to be like tit for tat, like super regimented and Correct. strict, right? It's that like these are our bare minimum chores. If one of us is sick or having a bad day, the other person might choose to pick up that slack. Correct. And we can even communicate about that and say, hey, like I'm having an off day. It would be really helpful if you could help me with my percent. And I think it was Brene Brown who spoke about like that analogy in couples of like things aren't always 50 50 that like mm-hmm. sometimes it's 80 20 and like you can check in with your partner about that and be like oh my god i'm at a 20 today like yeah where are you at oh i'm at a 60 okay great but that only puts us at 80 percent. so what are we going to do with that other 20 percent? how can yeah. i get there together like it creates a collaboration versus like well it doesn't matter if you're depressed or having a hard week or tired or whatever like do your crap yeah and like getting resentful yeah I, I think that it's also like you have to check in with yourself because if your partner so we do bathroom wipe down one week is me window wipe down if I'm doing the bathroom he's doing the window wipe down and then we switch because I hate doing the bathroom and he hates doing the bathroom yeah so it's fair if we both have to switch on and off right, right. but there are some couples out there that say when they do the bathroom you don't like the way they do it so now you're going in there and fixing what you don't like that they did. That's like, it's hard. And I know we're speaking out as if we're talking about clients right now. Sure. But like, these are the things I have to talk about with my clients. Yes. Because it's like, it comes up right. over and over again. If you're getting mad that they're not packing the kids' lunches right. Right. If you attack them, they're then just going to be like, screw it. I'm not going to do lunches right. then. You do it. And well, then and, you're mad about it. But that makes no sense. Talking about like... So there's two pieces to that, right? Like on one hand, you have like almost the weaponized incompetence of yep. like your job is the dishes, but every time you do the dishes, there's still food stuck to them and they come out dirty and then you're still putting them back in the cupboards, which doesn't make me want you to do the dishes. So I'll just do it because you can't obviously yep. do it right. Right. And like that's a piece of like really like that that feels almost purposeful. Like Correct. you're a grown, a grown person and you don't know how to do those dishes. Like let's talk about how clean you can get them versus – I left my kids with my partner and when I came home, they were in diapers and had chicken nuggets and Cheerios for dinner. Am I going to nitpick that or am I going to be glad that they have clean diapers and that they ate something? Correct. Oh, (laughs) wait. Okay. This Mm happened. Like we have to decide how much we're gatekeeping these things. If If you go out with your friends and your partner is texting you about where do we keep the kids' socks? Where do we keep the kids? It's time to rethink things. And I say that. Yeah. I say that. I go. If it feels, if every time your wife goes out to brunch with the girls and it feels like she's leaving her kids with the babysitter, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. That is a whole, like, the kids throw a whole nother mm-hmm. wrench in the plan. Like, mm-hmm. the way I do therapy with couples when there's kids involved is aggressive because now there's things at stake sure you are now influencing little humans that is our next generation and you have to i am a lot more aggressive with those clients yeah point blank because there is there is things at stake here you you have people that you have to mold and if that's what you're showing your little girls you treat their mom like that's what they're going to date later on Mm -hmm. and that is important because if you care about them you don't want that for them so don't be that yeah. And I will say it just like that. And I have no shame in that. 
<laughs> yeah. I've made plenty so, of enemies, let me tell you, as my goals. What, what do you do for yourself in a situation where you have a couple where you're trying to convey that message and there is a certain type of personality mm. that doesn't care that that to them it no my my person and so in this specific example i'm going to use gender my wife is the homemaker she is the person who takes care of the kids makes the house clean cooks my dinner gives me my medications does everything for me and that's the way that it should be that's how women should be like when it gets to like that where you're like yeah. getting into these gender dynamics like how do you approach that with people if well, first I check in with the wife, right? If it's the wife, well, you were talking about your example. Yes. If they are truly okay with that, that is what turns both them. Of them are like okay yes, with that. like it is a okay. If that, like I said, it's about what works for both for people. That that people, right? But if the wife is coming in telling me she is burnt out, she is not happy, she is on antidepressant, anti anxiety, Xanax, we're on. That's a different story. And at that point, I then have to say to the couple, like, if that is what you want, I think you're with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And I will say that. I will say that straight up. I If I feel like I need to separate them, say that first and then bring them together and be like, this is what it is, you know, that might not work for your wife anymore. And I think that is where a lot of divorces come nowadays yeah. is as a younger me, right? Maybe right. I was okay with that. Maybe that's what fulfilled me every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now our kids are out of the house and I want a job mm -hmm. and I don't want to cook dinner every night. Right. And now roles have changed. Right. And if your husband still wants that and you're no longer wanting that, I think that is where a lot of divorce yeah. nowadays at 50 years old, people are like, why are you getting divorced at 50? It's like, you no longer fit me. Right. We have grew each And other. that's okay. Sure. And if so, if you want to get reconnected, get reconnected, but then you have to also realize, if it's the roles that are now dividing you, mm -hmm. if you can't morph with those roles, that is a whole nother conversation we have to have. And sure. there might be a having to split up. Yeah. I think I, I just, I stay very real with my clients and it's like, matter of fact, this is what it is. Yeah. Like if I have, I have two clients, um, that they're both, they were like that with their husbands. Mm. Like to the point that they came home, dinner was ready, kids were ready. Their pajamas were set out in the, the bathroom and the shower was on. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, over my dead body. <laughs> but we have to remember, these people were raised 20 yeah. years ago. Sure. When like that was normal. Yeah. Or it was, I should say it was at the end of it being normal. Yes. You know? If we, yeah. Correct. But you were with a guy like that. You can't expect a guy to completely change and be okay with it now. So mm -hmm. now you have to be able to be like, I deserve better. I don't want this. I don't have to be with them. Right. So there is some sort of like individual acceptance that I have to get out of them like, of like, you if you want to be with this guy and that's what they want, are you willing to give that part up of you? Yeah. Being okay, being okay with grieving the fact that the relationship has changed. Correct. And like sometimes be, we can only hope that we grow together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we grow apart. 
Yeah. And that's a really hard thing for people to face. I think and there are ebbs and flows. Sure. I always tell my clients there is ebbs and flows. There is times that I have never felt further away from my husband. And yeah. that word, we are roommates. We are paying the bills together. We are, hey, see you in the hallways. Okay, see you in bed. Right. Going to bed. And then there's sometimes we are so in tune with each other. Yeah. That is normal. Yeah. There is a difference between some disconnect and like we are on in different books. Well, yes. And I think that that's an important thing to highlight that like a lot of times I have to, I, I struggle when I see social media posts or things, couples that will talk about that like we have been through trial and tribulation and our relationship has been like the hardest thing I've ever had to do and but I love you and it's so worth it and I'm not trying to cast judgment necessarily but I think at least in my opinion relationships are hard work yes but ultimately loving my husband and being with him doesn't feel like a burden or a job to me like it's like 98% of the time like it is easy to love him it's easy to be in our relationship it should never have to be less than like you shouldn't have to continue to try to make it work right there's going to be moments right but like you're saying that 90 percent, 98 percent of the time it's like right. this is easy and I think it's something that I talk about with my my couples in particular when it comes to that is that like in these moments of contention and distress how often are we throwing out like the threat of breakup or the threat of leaving. Because I see that so much where it's like, well, maybe we should just break up. And that can create such, not that that shouldn't be a discussion, but when it happens every time, it can create such a emotional reaction and like disconnection immediately in the sense of like, oh, like I thought we were having a disagreement or a discussion. Yep. And now suddenly we're talking about breaking up. Like, like what why the, are you always like, running? Yeah, literally, that's a Yeah, like can yeah. I trust you to stay? So I think that that's the other piece of that. Like there's a difference between having like ebbs and flows in the relationship mm-hmm. versus like being on a roller coaster. It is. As a couples therapist, it is your job to teach just like an individual therapy. It's your job to teach your clients the difference between ebbs and flows and like this is toxic. Yeah. And I think not throwing around the narcissist word, not throwing around toxic, not throwing around triggering yeah. all the time is important as a couples therapist because yeah. now you're putting labels on it, right? And like you don't – I will have moments that I'll tell clients like this thing we talked about right here is to not be spoken of until you come back in here. Right. There needs to be boundaries. Right. There needs to be like, if you guys keep talking about this without me, it's not going to be safe. Sure. Like, do not even speak, well, that there's speak about it. A time and a place, right? Like, I'll, I'll even talk about that with like, your homework is to go and have a date. Go reconnect and yeah. have a date. But the condition for that is you're not allowed to talk about anything that's Correct. like difficult. That is supposed to be a time where you're taking care of one another and tending yep. to each other and like in a relationship with one another. Um, so I feel like uh, I I feel like I could talk about this for 1,200 hours. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what we should leave on is yeah. that also as a couple's therapist, there is a point that you're responsible to say to the couple, I don't think couple's therapy is appropriate right now. 
Mm-hmm. Go heal yourselves by yourself. Yeah. Don't break up. But I think together this isn't going to work until individually you heal yourselves. And that's our responsibility at some point. Yeah. Because sometimes couples therapy will bring up shit that it just isn't the time right now. Yeah. It's not. And I think we are responsible for that at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's very well said. We'll leave it. Yeah, we'll leave it there today. That was such a good discussion. I appreciate it. I know. We didn't know where that was going to go No, today. I literally I literally said to you, I was like, what was your hope for this conversation? And then I was like, well, let's just, well, let's just hit record and see where it takes us because oh, yeah. <laughs> who knows. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with somebody that you care about, whether it be a friend, a colleague, your dog, your partner, your family member, um, whoever you feel might benefit from this episode. And until next time, sincerely to Imperfect Therapists.